Well, good morning, church. It's great to be here with you. Um, if you are a guest, I want to give you a warm welcome. If you're watching online, we are glad you are tuned in with us as well. Uh, we are in this series, Count on It, <clears throat> and um, we've been studying these promises of God for our lives, and my real hope uh, as your pastor is that you won't just know about these promises. These, these promises aren't for us just to know about. These promises are, are for us to experience. God wants us to experience every promise that we have in Jesus Christ. But we've seen that these promises come with conditions. And uh, if, if we're going to experience these promises as we step into this new year, um, we're going to need um, to, to meet these conditions that God's word lays out for us, okay? And so that, that's my hope as well. That we enter into the new year. If something's not working in your life, uh, maybe something's off in your life, maybe this is the year where you begin to shake some things up so you can step into these amazing, wonderful promises that God gives us um, in, in his word. And this morning, the promise we're going to be looking at is bearing fruit, Something we can count on, that, that, that as disciples of Christ, we will bear fruit. You know, McDonald's, uh, I don't know if anyone uses this uh, anymore, says this anymore, but I remember back in the day, you'd go through McDonald's, and if you wanted, like, to, to, to get the bigger fries and the bigger drink, you, you would what? You would supersize it. If you went through Wendy's, you'd biggie-size it. You don't want to make the mistake of somebody I knew who one time went through and piggy-sized it, okay? It's, it's biggie-sized, just to be clear. What is Burger King's, by the way? Does anyone know? Is Burger King? Uh, who cares? <laughs> the point is that these places, they, you go through them, and if you want more, right? If you want something beyond the regular, if you want something beyond the norm, Okay, you, you can ask for it. And, and this is what God wants for our lives. Do you understand he wants to supersize your life? He wants you to live a life of purpose. Isn't that something we taught uh, and heard about last year? Uh, living beyond our own natural abilities. That's something that God wants to do through us. God wants us to live supersized lives. Uh, this was recently, uh, I'm just going to be real honest with you, I, I was kind of on, <laughs> in this habit with my family. We, we found ourselves eating out uh, a lot more than we normally do. And um, don't get me wrong, I don't think there's anything wrong with eating out. In fact, I'm going to continue <laughs> eating out at times, but um, I, I, it kind of got out of control because it, it kind of started happening too much. And, and uh, I'm a foodie, so I love food. I love going to these restaurants, but it kind of started to take a toll on me, uh, not just physically. Uh, it started to take a toll on me financially. But if I were to be honest with you, it, it started to take a toll on me spiritually, because I remember I was sitting down and we were at one of these restaurants and we're, we're enjoying this good food. But this, this thought hit me. It was like, man, I'm just kind of living for myself right now. It just felt in that moment, didn't always feel like this, but in that moment it just felt like, man, this is, this is becoming a lot about me. And living for pleasures of this world and, and things that are, gonna, are going to bring me pleasure in the world, and, and, I, and I found myself just having this empty 
feeling creep in. I don't know if any of you have ever been there where you just feel a little empty. It just kind of becomes all about, about you, and it's not just food. I mean, that can happen with too much TV. I mean, there's, good, there's things that aren't even bad. They're, they're not bad, but when they get out of moderation and they get out of balance, it can start to feel like it's all about you, and you find yourself feeling empty. Sometimes it is sin, looking at things you shouldn't be looking at or you know, doing things with your boyfriend or girlfriend you shouldn't be doing. It, just, it, it, it makes you just you this empty feeling. I think that's part of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, like, you know, sometimes that, that pain and that emptiness, that chasing after the wind is good for us. It reminds because you start to wonder, is, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more to life than just eating food that's good. And this is the promise that Jesus wants to give us this, this morning, is that our lives can be about more. That's the good news. In fact, this is the promise Jesus gives us in, in, in John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will, here's the promise, bear much fruit. In other words, you will live a life of great purpose. You will live a life that blesses others and builds my kingdom you will live a supersized life. A few things to understand about the kind of fruit Jesus is talking about here. First thing I want us to understand about this fruit is that the tree determines the fruit. It's the tree that determines the kind of fruit that is produced, right? Apple trees don't bear peaches. Peach trees don't bear bananas. The, 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 the tree determines the kind of fruit you get. And what Jesus wants us to be producing is Jesus' fruit. It's being more like Jesus and doing the things that Jesus would do if he were still physically here on earth. It's Jesus' fruit. The second thing I want us to understand about this fruit is, is, is this fruit is seen, okay? Uh, fruit is not invisible, Fruit is something you see, and I think Jesus is referring to fruit a little differently here than maybe the Apostle Paul, who talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Paul there is talking more about attitudes of the heart. Jesus here is talking more about our actions. These are, these are actions. These are things that are seen. These are behaviors. This is probably more in line with what James talks about in James 2. In, in verse 17, James says, Faith by itself if it is not accompanied by what? Action or works. It's dead. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about fruit that is seen, actions, behavior. And the third thing I want us to understand about this fruit is that fruit is for the enjoyment of others. Okay? Fruit is for the enjoyment of others. Fruit that eats itself is rotten fruit. The fruit Jesus wants us to produce is, is to bless other people. So let me give us some examples of what that might look like in our life. It might be as simple as just encouraging somebody. That's fruit. 
Just encouraging another believer, building somebody up in the faith. I remember uh, Danielle and I going to a, a conference out in California. And uh, after the conference, we stuck around for a few more days just to have a, a little break, a little vacation. And don't get me wrong. Again, for me, vacations can be very purposeful. It's a time for me to relax. It's a time for me to start dreaming. It's a time for me to start thinking of future sermon series. I mean, all kinds of things come out, so it's very purposeful. But on this occasion, I found that emptiness I was talking about creeping in. I was kind of chomping at the bit to get back to church. I was chomping at the bit to kind of serve. And I, but I, so I was sitting there, and I was just kind of that emptiness, like, man, I want more than this. And so Danielle and we started walking through this like shopping area and there was this guy outside who was telling people about Jesus. He was like doing the, the street evangelism thing. And he wasn't doing it in like the repent or you're going to hell. You know, it wasn't that guy. Because I tend to avoid that guy. This guy was doing it very tactfully and I even did walk by at first, but then I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me and say, I want you to go talk to that dude. And, and so I go back, and I, and I just say, hey, man, this, this is kind of cool. Like, tell me your story. Like, you're out here telling people about Jesus, what's inspired that. He tells me he works at a church that's not in the, you know, that's, that's, that's close by. Uh, he's a, he's a, he was a former, like, drug addict, and, and so we had that in common. We just started talking, and he was feeling discouraged, right? He was just feeling discouraged. He hadn't seen a lot of, a lot of people uh, coming to know Jesus. He had seen a few, and I was like, dude, do you understand that, even if one person through this ministry comes to know Jesus, man, that made an eternal impact. Even if it's one out of every thousand people you talk to, you're doing something. I just got to encourage him and speak life into him. And then he heard about my situation at church, and he got to breathe life into me, man. That's so cool what you're doing and where God has brought you. And we encouraged each other. And honestly, at the end of the day, it felt like we flew all the way across the country, not for the conference. It, it felt like we flew there to meet this guy and to encourage him. Because there was fruit. We saw fruit just in encouraging each other. Sometimes the fruit is, is just serving the church, just, just being a blessing to your local church that you belong to and that you're a part of. You know, December uh, still blows my mind. It was our highest giving month ever. And, and the generosity that this church poured out, uh, it, it just, it, it, it's miraculous. And I, I just, I... I Seriously, I, I'm still having a hard time getting my mind around it. And I'm just so filled with gratitude for what God has done through you. Um, but you've probably learned, like, as your pastor, I don't love to talk about money. Sometimes I have to put on my, my pastor hat and talk about money because Jesus talked about money a lot. He talked about money more than any other subject. So sometimes I got to put on that pastor hat and we got to talk about it. I don't love to talk about money because I don't want anyone to ever think I'm like trying to twist their arm behind their back. You know what I mean? I don't want anyone ever to feel like I'm trying to manipulate them into giving to the local church and, and God's kingdom. I want us to realize like we're, when you give what you're doing, you're producing fruit. That's fruit, God working in you and through you. And that's what I, I hope we see that as. I don't want anyone to ever feel regret or like they're, they're sorry that they gave. No, because that's, that's fruit in your life. S serving in the local church. It's, a, it's an opportunity to bear some fruit. That's what I love about signing up for serving around here. When you sign up, what you are doing is you are giving yourself a scheduled window of opportunity to do what? Bear some fruit. When you sign up, you get it on the calendar, you get it on your schedule, you show up, you do it. What you've just done is you've given yourself an opportunity to bless some people here, to, to, to bear some fruit. 
And I'm telling you, serving is a great way. We, we bear fruit. Um, so one of the first things I ever did in a church, uh, I was in seminary, and uh, this church, um, I'm like, hey, do you, you need a small group leader? Do you need one to teach some classes or some courses? They're like, no. What we do need is for someone to clean our bathrooms and uh, scrub our toilets and, and take out the trash. And so um, Danielle and I said, okay, well, all right. Sign us up. And so we showed up, and at first, you know, I probably wasn't, I probably didn't have the best attitude. I'm walking into the bathroom, there's paper towels all over the floor. I'm like, who are these animals? <laughs> Clean up, right? But, but then we started, you know, scrubbing the toilets, taking out the trash, cleaning the sinks, making sure the mirrors were all okay. And, and here's what blew my mind. As we drove away, just filled with joy. Because there's fruit. That's fruit. In fact, sometimes I feel like when you serve in jobs like that, the jobs that maybe not a lot of people want to do, is when you serve, I just think there's so much opportunity for God to produce fruit in our life and for it to fill fill us with a a unique kind of joy when we serve in in, in his kingdom. So there's, there's just so many different ways we might bear fruit. In our lives, it might be sharing our faith, telling people about Jesus. By the way, we have an evangelism class starting next Saturday. I encourage you to consider signing up for that. But some of us hear this, and it can begin to feel a little overwhelming. I mean, we are challenged in the Bible to serve, and we're challenged to give, and we're challenged. To, to bear fruit. So what that means is you and I need to muster up the strength and try harder, right? We need to do better. No. That's often what those of us who have heard in church or grown up in church, that's oftentimes what we think. But look at what Jesus says again in verse 5. After this promise, he, he, he wants to make this clear. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's saying, apart from me, you can't bear any fruit in your life. So I brought, if you haven't noticed, a branch. This branch obviously isn't attached uh, to a tree, and I just want to thank my neighbor for lending me this branch. No, I didn't do that. It's too green in Minnesota. But is this, is this branch unattached from the tree, is it going to be able to produce any fruit? I mean, I could glue a banana to it. And oftentimes, that's what we do, right? We do well, maybe the pharisaical thing or the legalistic thing. We say, I'm just going to fake it, and I'm going to try to produce something on my own. And so we glue something on there so that people will think of us as fruit bearers. But others of us, and I think this is what most of us do, most of us just end up trying really hard. Just like, ah, I'm going to produce some fruit. Ah! And I've told you, you do that too long, you're going to give yourself hemorrhoids. <laughs> Others of us, we know we're not producing fruit, so we just think our spiritual gift is just slapping people over the head, right? 
and we feel better about ourselves from doing that. The reality is, no matter what you do, this, this tree is not going to be able, this branch is not going to be able to produce fruit because it is not attached to the tree. So we need to go back to the condition that Jesus gives us if we are going to be fruit bearers. And, and again, this is what Jesus says. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And we could read that contextually and we'd maybe better understand, I am the tree and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. So this word remain here, it's, it's from the Greek word meno, and it means to remain, or how some of us have heard it um, translated, to abide. It can even be translated to hide in. And what Jesus is, is talking about here, he's talking about having an intimate relationship with him. An ongoing, intimate relationship with him. The problem is so many of us, we come to God, maybe it's even on a Sunday at a church service, or maybe it's throughout the week through a prayer, and, and we, 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 we want things from him. But we stop wanting him. So I, I, I remember a time where I used to work this job, and I would... Um, I would travel around, and my kids were really small at the time, but I would sometimes have to leave for long stretches, and they'd be like, Daddy, don't go. Daddy, don't go. And, and, and yet I'd be gone in evenings or gone over weekends and things like that. Daddy, don't go. I'd be traveling around to these stores. But something I would often do is when I would be at these stores, I would, I would bring them back a piece of candy. And at first it was, Daddy, don't go. Daddy, don't go. But then I started bringing them this candy, and then it was like, Daddy, when do you go to work? Don't you need to get to work, Daddy? Because they started wanting the things that came. Now, they stopped doing that as they got older because I stopped buying them the candy. But isn't that what we do with God? We start wanting the things that God can give us, and we stop wanting just the intimate relationship that comes through Christ. And this is what Jesus is talking about, friends. He's talking about actually connecting our heart with him so that he becomes our all-satisfying treasure that our heart delights in, that we take wherever we go. We take when we go to church. Take him with us when we go to work, when we're watching the football game. He's there. He is our all-satisfying treasure. Not just the things he can do for us, but Jesus himself in our heart as we're intimately connected to him. And I'm telling us, when we do that, when we do that, when we connect our hearts with him, the, the fruit just begins to happen. The fruit naturally begins to produce itself because now we're connected to the tree and the tree is flowing into us and as it flows out of us, it produces fruit. So again, I'm going to be honest with you. This was pretty recent here. 
your pastor found himself in a, in a time of just on the verge of, of just kind of just, I don't know, in that place where I'm just like, man, can, can, I, keep, can I keep doing this? Do I have what it takes? I, I got to be honest with you. I was just, I had a moment. I was just, can I keep doing this? Can I keep pouring the energy? Can I, and, and I felt myself feeling tired and I felt myself uh, uh, reminding me of, of being on the verge of, of, of that burnout that where I've been. And I was just that emptiness and, and that, just that striving rather than abiding. And so I sat down and I said, I've, I've got to get rid of some distractions in my life. There were some distractions. Now, I had to get rid of these distractions, and I, I brought up some, some scripture on my phone, brought up the Bible on my phone. I started just reading some scripture, and then I spent some time with prayer and prayer and just started, like, trying to realign my heart, like, trying to connect my heart to the tree again, trying to connect my heart to Christ and just find him. And I, I have some worship songs that I sing from time to time that are meant to help me in times like this, to connect my heart. And so I started singing these worship songs like, Jesus, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need you. And I just started searching, searching, seeking, uh, hoping to find. And I'm telling you, I, I don't know, I was probably a half hour, maybe an hour into this when, when something happened. The room changed. The atmosphere of the room became different. The atmosphere of my heart changed because Jesus showed up. And now my heart was in that place. Do you know what I'm talking about? That place where you are in the holy of holies. You are in that place and your heart is connected with Jesus. And now he's pouring into you. And he's speaking to you. And he's giving life to you. And he's bringing hope to you and encouragement to you. And here's what started to happen. I'm sitting there and Jesus, thank you. Thank you for meeting me in this place. And I started getting excited. I felt myself wanting to preach again. I felt myself wanting to encourage people again. I felt myself going into the other room. Danielle, I just need to tell you, I love you so much. I felt myself going into the other room, telling one of my kids who needed some encouragement. I got to say some things into their life that just spoke into encouragement, breathed life into my children. Why? Because I was focused on the fruit? No, because I was focused on Christ. I found Jesus. And I'm telling you, when we find that place, when you get connected, Jesus starts to pour into you and good things start to happen. You start to live a supersized life. That's the power of Christ in us. So the key isn't worrying about the fruit. The key is getting our hearts connected with the source of heaven. Treasuring him as your ultimate treasure. Savoring him. And experiencing his goodness for yourself. Mm, he's so good. So normally we do communion on the first Sunday of, of, of the month, but... As I was preparing for this message, I was like, we got to take communion today. We need to connect our hearts. We need to communion because that's what communion is. It's abiding. It's, it's realigning. It's, it's getting reconnected. It's sitting at the table of Jesus, our friend, our king, our Lord and Savior. And so we're going to spend a little time in communion. 
this morning. If, if, if you didn't get a communion cup, by the way, you can just raise your hand. We have people in the back who would love to bring you a communion cup if you didn't get one. Just raise your hand. They'll bring you one. My friends, this is a, this is a time for us to commune, to connect. And as you do that, as you do that, I, 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 I sometimes compare it to like a, a, a dial on a radio, you know? It's like, yeah, those of you maybe who are a little older, those of you younger, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Do, do, do you remember the old radio that had like the dial? The, 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 was it a transistor radio? If you're young, maybe there's like one in your parents' or grandparents' basement. It has actually a dial. There's no digital and you would, like, twist it too much trying to find that station you want. And it'd be like, you know, just like, and then you didn't get anything. And then you go too far the other way. Nothing. But then you just get in there and say, like, oh, this is KTIS. Safe for the whole family. Right? It's just like crystal clarity all of a sudden. That's oftentimes what it's like trying to connect our hearts with Jesus. You're trying to, there's frequencies out there, friends. In your heart, you've got to find the frequency that is Christ. You gotta dial in, you gotta tune in. You gotta find that frequency for yourself. I can't find it for you. That's between you and him. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you some time to take communion. Uh, I'm not gonna walk us through it. I just want you to sit and I want you to tune in. You, you peel back that top layer, that'll get you to the wafer. You peel back the second layer, that'll get you to the juice. By the way, they're both, it's gluten-free, non-alcoholic. But as we sit, here's maybe a scripture to ponder. This is Revelation 3.20. Jesus says this. He says, here I am. He's with us this morning. Amen? He is in this place. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone, if anyone, if anyone. He's talking not to perfect people. He's talking to people who have struggles, who are struggling with sin, people who feel like failures, people who feel far from him. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, this is how good your Jesus is. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And sometimes we come to church and we talk about communing with Christ and, 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 and we go, oh, pastor, if you knew my thought life or if you knew the things that I did this week or if you knew the struggle between me and my spouse or if you knew the things going on in my family, if you knew what I was dealing with, you, I don't know if I can meet with this Jesus. I want to remind you this Jesus is gentle and humble in heart and wants to meet with you. And he's saying, if you need to get your life cleaned up, why don't you invite me in and let me clean you up? Because apart from me, you can't do anything. That's who he is. That's how good he is. That's why he had his body broken. That's why he had his blood poured out. That's what we're doing this morning. Remind you, Jesus, you do this to cleanse me, to bring me back into fellowship with you, to connect me again to the tree. So that you can begin pouring your life into me. So that I can then pour life into others. So I'm going to pray for us. You're going to have some music just playing. And I just want you to sit. I just want you 
to connect. Find him, friends. He says you can find him if you seek him with all your heart. And when you find him, you, you treasure him, you savor him, and you let him fill you up. So Jesus, we invite you into this place this morning. We want to say we love you, Jesus. We love you more than life itself. I know there's others of us who have been feeling empty in here. I know there's others of us who have been feeling maybe distracted in here. I know there's others of us maybe who have been running after other things and we found it just doesn't really satisfy. Jesus, my hope is this morning we're going to open that door. We're going to let you in and we are going to find that you are our all-satisfying treasure. So speak to us this morning, Jesus. Speak your life into your people. We invite you into our hearts. And we pray all of this because of what you have done and what you have accomplished for people like us. In your name we pray, amen.